Well, hello, and welcome to the e-commerce evolution podcast, where we bring you the best of what's new and what's next in e-commerce. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And our mission with this show is to interview the top merchants, the top marketers, and the experts shaping the e-commerce industry. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by Zipify and their flagship app, Zipify Pages. Zipify Pages is an e-commerce sales funnel and landing page builder that seamlessly integrates into your Shopify store. Just start with one of a growing list of templates and then customize and go. These templates are created by my friend and eight-figure e-commerce store owner, Ezra Firestone. Each template is built with proven conversion elements, but also features a simple drag and drop editor. So you can truly make these pages your own. So you can customize and tweak and test and create some awesome landing pages and sales funnels. So check out all the details, sign up for the beta at zipify.com. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry. So excited you could join us today. I love this topic, love the guest. This is my friend, Austin Bronner. Austin is the host of the e-commerce influence podcast. He is also the chief fixer, love that title, at Brand Growth Experts, a company that he and Mr. Drew Sanaki run. And with Brand Growth Experts, they focus on customer lifecycle marketing, creating marketing automation, triggered email sequences, getting more from each customer relationship. I love our discussion today. We dig in deep to email marketing and marketing automation and how to do it the right way. We uncover likely some of the mistakes that are holding you back. We look at some of the triggered email sequences that every e-commerce company should set up. We look at three metrics that you need to measure to help turn interested visitors into loyal customers. We talk about identifying your, your whales, right? That's kind of the if you look at the 80-20 rule, this is the 20% of the top 20% and all kinds of other good stuff. This is loaded with tips. we got several case studies. I think you're really going to enjoy my interview with Austin Bronner. My guest today is Austin Bronner, host of the e-commerce influence podcast, also with brand growth experts and boom, boom energy. This guy is busy. He's a world traveler. He's all over the place. He's loved by everyone that knows him. So Austin, man, thanks for coming on the show today. How you doing? I'm great, man. That was a hell of an intro right there. <laughs> yeah. Loved by everyone who knows. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm trying to get you psyched up, you know. <laughs> I, dude, I, I'm psyched up. It's a uh, it's a Friday here, and uh, I am I'm excited to be chatting with you. I, I was really happy when you reached out. Yeah, yeah. Getting to talk email marketing, marketing automation. I I don't know of a better way to to spend a Friday afternoon. So I'm pretty. I know. Maybe reading Jay Abraham books, right? There you go. There you go. No, I've, I've, uh, I was interviewed on another podcast earlier in the week, so I was talking about Jay Abraham at that point uh, as well. Did you did you hear that he's a uh, part of the war room now with uh, Perry Belcher and I did and uh, and uh, Ryan Dice, which is crazy. I, I hadn't heard that he was even around doing anything, but yeah, uh, yeah that, that's uh, we we both share that in common that we're kind of Jay Abraham students from from of old, a uh, very famous marketing consultant for those that don't know who Jay Abraham is. But, uh, yeah. but speaking of you, which, you have, to, you have to listen to his podcast with uh, Dave Asprey. It's quite interesting. He gets six hours of massage a day. No. <laughs> yeah. What? What? <laughs> I'll, I'll go listen to it. It's an interesting episode. <laughs> okay. It's with, with who the podcast with who Dave Asprey, the Bulletproof radio. All right. All right. Six hours a day. That's, that's, that's insane, dude. That's insane. All right. Well, that's crazy. Well, Hey, speaking of, background. Uh, for those who don't know you, just give the quick background, like how, how did you get into marketing? And then now how did you become this email marketing specialist, host of a podcast, all, all these cool things? Sure. So I got into, got my marketing start uh, working uh, at, a, at a startup in Los Angeles. It was my, my kind of my first job. Uh, I started working with this, this small company, we were in, in Los Angeles. I was working directly with uh, the, the CMO, kind of right-hand man, and I helped him build out a bunch of email market, like automated email marketing campaigns using Infusionsoft. And uh, that was really our sales funnel. So we this, this business ended up over the two and a half years that I was there, we grew from like 100,000 when I got there to over $10 million in sales. And our it was all because we were... F- pushing people through a automated sales funnel. Uh, 
And at certain points, getting them on the phone for phone sales and then following up with triggered email sequences and automated emails. Uh, so I, I helped CMO build all those out and I really learned the power of automated email and triggered email marketing. And after I left there, I, I had a bunch of friends who were in e-commerce, who were building businesses, building brands. And I saw what I had done for um, this, the startup I was working at. And I was like, I could do the same thing for these brands because they were at a much lower level of sophistication than the B2B business I was working at. So I took what I was working there and I started doing it on different technology platforms. Uh, that was about five years ago, maybe five and a half years ago, something like that is when I first started. And so you just, uh, you just landed on in, in the world of e-commerce because you, you saw a need there and had had friends that were in e-commerce or was that like a, well, it was interesting. I, I had a bunch of friends who had started e-commerce brands. Um, it was, I think one of the reasons it was kind of, they had a couple products. They were, they were cool, like sunglass companies. There was a bracelet company and, I saw them, they were doing really well. Their business was growing really quickly. And I would talk to them all about what they were doing because I saw it as an interesting, I mean, it it was cool because they were living in San Diego, selling all over the world. I thought it was awesome. And I was interested in it. And I, I realized very quickly that they didn't have the same skill set I did with building triggered emails. And, and, and emails. you're talking about the, the Blenders guys right now, right? Yes, Blenders Eyewear, yes. yeah. Which phenomenal brand and, and phenomenal guys too, by the way. Um, so yeah. huge success story. Yeah, they've they've done really really well over the last uh, you know six years, and so I, I kind of partnered with them and I started building these triggered email sequences for them, targeting their best customers, and it went really well. Started generating a lot of extra sales for them. That's kind of how I got my start in it. Uh, at work, client like one client on to building a, a, an email marketing agency where we implemented this stuff and uh, started hosting the e-commerce influence podcast because I wanted to learn more about it and have been doing this ever basically for the last five years, really started working with Clavio about three years ago and realized that was probably the most powerful tool if you're going to be using email automation, um, got really into that and started providing of marketing services for different brands and have had really focused on generating profit through email marketing. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Such a cool story. And, and I know you've you got some, you know, you've been able to introduce me to some of your friends that have these awesome e-commerce businesses. So uh, really cool how that all kind of uh, played out for you. Uh, lots of things we'll dive into here in regards to email marketing from triggered emails, automated emails, sequences, sales funnels, things like that. But let's just kind of back it up a little bit and talk about what are the mistakes people make. So you and I both focus on the e-commerce industry. I'm, I'm focusing in a different area, mainly on the traffic side and through Google and Amazon and things like that. But wh where do you see people making the biggest mistakes and what are the biggest mistakes when it comes to email marketing? So uh, I would say the, the couple off the top of my head, buying lists, when people go out and buy, buy a list, it's almost always a mistake. Uh, I could tell you that from having to dig people out of uh, deliverability purgatory. Um, so buying lists, not and, worrying. And, and talk about that just a little bit, Austin, because I think this could be pretty uh, insightful. So deliverability purgatory, talk about that uh, a little bit. So if you, if you buy a list, your deliverability goes way down. What does that do for you? So, okay. So, you know, you'll, sometimes you'll get an opportunity to purchase a list of customers from somebody else or prospects, put them into your email marketing system, start emailing these people. Um, a, a number of those people, since they're cold emails, often you got a much higher spam rate on those. And what can happen is you can get flagged, uh, as spam in typically in Gmail. That's Gmail is usually the first email service provider where you'll have trouble with deliverability. And so what'll happen is a company will go from maybe 25%, 30% open rate down to, and they'll notice they're down to 10% after sending an email. And they'll be stuck from 10 to 7% uh, over a period of time. They don't really understand why. Uh, typically the reason is that they get flagged as spam in one of their email service providers. And their email, when they send it out, will go directly into the spam box in Gmail. And then you have to work. I call it <laughs> deliverability purgatory because you have to work Love it. to get it out uh, of, of the Gmail 
spam box. And it's, there's, there's a bunch of stuff you need to do, but that really is going to hurt your deliverability. And, um, that's, that's a huge mistake people make. They don't, don't focus on, uh, focus on their open rate and making sure they're only sending to their engaged, engaged users. Yeah. So not only do those lists often not work, uh, but then they, they prevent you from being deliverable to your good customers and to the list exactly. that does work. So, okay. So stay out of email purgatory. Got it. What, what are some other mistakes you see commonly? I think the other mistake that, that people make is that they don't re- they don't understand the um, the power of email marketing and why it's why it's so effective. Um, and the reason I say people underestimate the power of it is because if you drive traffic to your website, which almost everybody in e-commerce does, right, you're going to be paying to drive traffic. You're going to be paying to drive traffic, whether it's through Facebook, through Google AdWords, Google Shopping, you're paying per click, right? And so people are very comfortable and used to paying per click to get a conversion. You may spend $15 to generate $25 in sales or $30 in sales. Uh, people are typically comfortable with that. Where they for, What they forget and what they don't realize is that Email marketing isn't pay-per-click, right? You can send emails and you pay for the number of subscribers that you have, but it's, a, it's at an extremely steeply discounted rate. So when I say people underestimate the power of it, you're, not, you're typically not making your profit through driving traffic. You're acquiring customers, but you're not making profit. Where you make your profit is through these other channels like email, where you can send and get people to come back and make their second and third purchases at a extremely low price because you are not paying per click. You're not paying a toll on that. So that, that's what I feel. My the, the drum I beat is that if you want to make more profit in your business, focus on email marketing because you're not going to be paying for every single time somebody comes to your website. And, and that totally makes sense to me. And because people underestimate it, don't understand it, then they're not willing to invest in it and, and get the, the returns that they could be getting. And, and I think the assumption people make is that, okay, if someone's on my email list and they already know about me, they're already my customer, they're already buying from me, right? Exactly. People, people just assume that if, if someone's on the list, they're already buying all that they'll be buying from you. And that, that is not the case. I'm um, very good. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about like automated marketing. So I know you, create some killer workshops, you and Drew Sanaki. Uh, you talked about helping some you know, e-commerce clients with their triggered email sequences and sales funnels. And, and so if you could kind of frame automated marketing versus email marketing, because I think most people, when they think of email marketing, they think of the uh, batch and blast uh, approach, sure. which I know you, you use and Chad Vanix uses that term as well. Uh, but difference between automated marketing and, and email marketing. So uh, there's a bit, there's a, a huge difference between the two of them. The way I look at it, I talk. You, you mentioned it, batch and blast. If you're talking about sending out campaign emails or emails that go out to your entire list or a group of your list, you know, maybe you're sending out a 20% off sale on a Wednesday in April. That would be considered a campaign email or. A, like a newsletter email, batch and blast, lots of different ways to describe that. That's a one-time event that you plan for and you send out. Um, On the other hand, there are triggered emails or you talked about automated emails. I call them triggered emails. And these emails are built for more than one event, meaning when when you create them, they go out based on an action or a trigger that happens on your website. So when somebody signs up, maybe they opt in and they receive that first email, providing them with a discount or a coupon or a follow-up or hello, whatever it is, there's an action, they opt in, and then an email is triggered because of that and it goes out to them. Now, the reason, so triggered emails are extremely powerful and I would say most most businesses out there are using about 20%, maybe 15% of the power of, let's uh, say, Klaviyo, their email service provider, maybe they're using Klaviyo or MailChimp, because they're not leveraging the power of these triggered emails. So you can build triggered emails to go out uh, as your customer progresses through the life cycle. Let's say when they first when they first opt in, they receive an email. Then you can have emails triggered out based on the amount of time they spend on your email list without making a purchase. Then once they make a purchase, you can have emails that are triggered out based on how long 
from their first to second purchase uh, with with the incentive or with the goal of getting them to make a second purchase and do all this automated so that by the time somebody comes in and makes their purchase, your follow-up is all systematic, ongoing, and targeted uh, to drive maximum revenue from your your customers. And that's where the power is. It's You set them up, you target them based on customer behavior, and you set them up to to maximize the sales so that you can go back and you can, can work with, uh, with you guys over at OMG commerce and drive more traffic with the profit you generate from email marketing. That's right. Hey, good. That's good advice. That is, that is sound advice. You know, that's the point with, you asked a little bit about mistakes. It's like you want to drive more profit and higher lifetime value with email marketing. So you can spend more in the front end and acquire more customers and grow your business. Right, right. Because you have to do both, right? You have to get you more do. new people, but then you have to make the most of the people you have. And, and really most people are lacking in both. I, I think some of the biggest mistakes, biggest missed opportunities are more on your end though, where people don't do what you teach and show um, just because I think people feel like they already have it covered. But so so let's let's review that just really quickly. So triggered emails that take place you know, someone signs up on the site, so now I've got a triggered email sequence that maybe launches then. Uh, maybe if they sign up for the the list but don't purchase, I'm going to hit them with an offer, discount, reminder, something. Uh, then once they do purchase, I'm going to watch for maybe a length of time between purchases and send them something. Um, and then and then maybe events or something after that. I would assume abandoned cart would be thrown in there as well. Yeah. So, so I, I briefly touched on lifecycle marketing, but this is kind of a, a larger concept. Um, and what lifecycle marketing is that every customer that you have has a life cycle and a life cycle means that when they first, from when they first discover you to when they no longer are a customer, there's a period of time when they're going to basically become a peak customer, which is when they're spending the most money or the most interest in you. And then it's going to diminish. And it usually it, it increases and then diminishes with every brand that you've ever interacted with or every purchase you've made. Um, you've got a, your own customer life cycle, like, like San Pellegrino water or LaCroix La water. When I first found LaCroix as a, as a, uh, you know, carbonated beverage, it doesn't have any sugar in it. I started drinking more and more and I bought, purchased more and more. After a certain period of time, I kind of maxed out and I started buying less, right? So you got to think about your customers and their specific life cycle for your business. And then during that life cycle, your goal is to increase um, or basically reduce friction so that people can purchase more and more to get to the, the higher levels where they're, they're like better customers. And then when somebody starts to churn and they're more likely to no longer make as many purchases in the future, you want to increase friction by providing discounts or providing reasons for them to come back and make a purchase from you. Some of the ideas, I mean, you, some of the things that we, we talk about um, and we help our, our clients build are from the beginning, like basically the beginning of the life cycle, which is when somebody subscribes to your email list, uh, a sequence that is 100% uh, 100% focused on getting them to make that first purchase. I call it a buy or die sequence. It's all focused on getting that first transaction with you. Once they make a transaction, then you're going to be focused on the, your goal is to get them to make that second and third transaction. So we've got a column like the one-two punch, which would be if you make a first transaction, what's providing marketing to people that is targeted and relevant that drives people to make the most obvious second complimentary purchase to their first, uh, to their first purchase. So if somebody buys a, uh, let's say sunglasses, then maybe the, the complimentary purchase could be a pair of croquis or a case, that sort of thing. Um, and then as you progress further down the life cycle, uh, you you focus on if somebody makes a second purchase, what's the most likely thing they're going to purchase third and fourth and and figuring out when those buying windows are going to be. And if they pass through those thresholds, hitting your your prospect or your customer with targeted emails that try to bring them back into a typical buying rhythm. Gotcha. I love that approach. So you're you're trying to look at 
moving someone maybe to the peak of their life cycle sooner, potentially, right? So I'm taking someone from yes. interest to peak sooner. And then it sounds like you're trying to extend that peak as well, uh, get them purchasing at a higher frequency for longer. Does that sound about right? Exactly, exactly. It's focusing on uh, the, you know, the 20% of your customers that provide 80% of the revenue uh, and then going even deeper with that. We usually, if you guys are familiar with the 80-20 rule, which <clears throat> we typically look at the 80-20 rule, so we focus on the top 20% of customers. And then we look at the 80-20 of the 80-20 yes. of the 20%, yes. which generally about 4% of, of your customers will drive about 20% of the revenue. And so our goal is to figure out who those people are, figure out when they're buying and make sure that we're following up consistently with targeted marketing uh, to those top people to get them to, to maximize the revenue from them. So, and I know uh, Drew Sanaki calls those whales, right? Calls those, those, the, the 4% yep, the whales. Of customers, the whales. Yeah. So are you looking to try to, to groom some whales or take someone who's maybe just a big fish, you know, to use a similar vernacular and then convert them into a whale or are you just trying to create a flow where you identify the whales and give them what they want? So a little bit of both. So let's start with identifying. Uh, we build sequences that we call VIP sequences that target, uh, target the VIPs. So when somebody is exhibiting signs of being a whale, let's say your average order value is $70. Um, and you know, your, your, typical lifetime value is 130. When somebody hits, when we do a customer analysis and we figure out that uh, the top 10% of your customers spend $400, then what we'll do is we'll create sequences that when somebody passes that threshold, they hit, maybe they spent their first $400 with you, that identifies them as being a whale. And then we follow up with those people in a different way than somebody who buys, you know, $25 on a worth of something on a discount, right? They deserve to be treated differently. And that's where the power is a big, the power of email marketing is, uh, is in the fact that you can discover who those people are, target them differently, provide different marketing and, uh, and do it in a one-to-one -one way where it's, uh, the person who has spent $500 with you is going to be treated differently than someone who has spent 15 or $25 with you. And that's, that's, that's one of the things you can do with these systems. Yeah. And I think that's another one of the big mistakes that a lot of business owners or marketers make is treating every customer the same. Right. And mm -hmm. that, and that doesn't make sense. I mean, we, we have to treat everyone with respect and fairness and all of that, but we, we need to be able to identify the people that are spending a ton of money with us and that are the whales and give them more, give them what they want, cater to that, that group. Um, so I love it. I love that approach. That's, that's phenomenal. Um, it, it, it's quite powerful too. I want to give one example just, sure. be, just because I think it'll, it'll help cement in people's minds. Uh, example, one of the businesses I've worked with in the past, they, uh, they sell, they sell barbecues, kind of high end barbecues. And we realized that it's a, it was a two to $3,000 purchase. And with that level of purchase, there's questions that need to be answered. It's a longer cycle from discovery of the web, of, of the product to actually making a purchase. Not an impulse purchase to buy the $3,000 grill. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. First, you got to convince the wife. There's lots, you know, <laughs> you got to find a place for it. And so we realized there was a lot, there was people dropping off that add something to the cart and they wouldn't come back or they'd forget about it. Uh, so we developed a abandoned cart system that was tailored towards this long buying cycle. So it involved reaching out, getting people to actually call in and talk, talk to salespeople. So it was, it was focused a little bit differently than an impulse purchase for sunglasses, right? The goal was to get people to come in, to call in, talk to a salesperson directly, and then make the purchase. Uh, we, we set this up. It generates between twenty dollars and $40,000 a sequence wow. every single month. Wow. Uh, as people... twenty to forty k that they were not generating before. They were not generating Wow. Yeah. Wow. So and, they, had the, they had the leads. The leads were there, but because they didn't have the sequence, they weren't able to close them. Exactly. Uh, phenomenal. And on the phone too, people typically place orders at a, at a higher volume, like a higher level. 
Yeah, that's an awesome example. I love that. I love that. I know, you know, uh, well, actually, let me back up here. I almost got ahead of myself. Uh, one of the things I know you talk about, and I've heard you speak at Ezra's events and, and other events, and you talk about, you know, turning interested visitors into loyal customers. And sure. we've talked about some different metrics that you should look at, you know, because we have to measure um, measure things before we can, you know, uh, get better results. So what are some of the things you look at? What are some of the metrics you pay attention to to turn interested visitors into loyal customers? Well, that's a really good question. I, I think to start start with that, where uh, the first metric I typically look at is your opt-in rate. Um, and I look at, if we're, if we're speaking about interested visitors, um, what I'll look at is what is your opt-in rate? And not just your opt, not your overall opt-in rate. I'll actually break it down between desktop and mobile because there's a huge difference in the opt-in rate on desktop and mobile. Typically on desktop, you're going to be able to run a, maybe an exit, an exit overlay, like a full screen exit overlay that most likely will convert at a much higher rate than mobile. It's more difficult to get convert people into email subscribers on mobile. So those two are going to be different. And if you're, you know, if you're, if you're converting at like two or 3% on desktop and 1% or 3% on mobile, you, your first step is to figure out how to get that to a much higher level. You should be seeing at least 10 to 15% opt-in rate on desktop uh, and between four and 5% on mobile. Those are typically what I Great. target. And so just, just for those that don't know, opt-in rate would be percentage of people that land on your site that yeah. opt into the list in some way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, what are some tips? So, so uh, totally agree with you. you Got to increase the opt-in rate. Uh, and before we get to the other metrics, you should measure. What What are some tips for getting more opt-ins or taking that opt-in rate from a two percent, one percent to the you know five to to ten, like you recommend? Sure. So, there's a couple of things that are so this this always changes as technology evolves. But what's working really well right now are uh, full screen overlays, at least it's not, at first going to talk about desktop. So on desktop, what's working very well right now are full screen overlays. Uh, what I mean by that is it is a, it's a pop-up that kind of takes over the screen and you can use a big image that matches your brand. Um, then, so you, you set that up, you give away something very compelling. The most important thing, and another you talked about mistakes earlier, <laughs> One big mistake people make is that when they're designing an opt-in, they don't think about whether or not it's going to be compelling. So the, the most important thing, it can look really poor, but if you have a compelling offer, you're going to get a higher opt-in rate. So if you come up with something compelling that matches the desires of your of your customer, typically I say that 90% of the people that you're targeting are going to want to say yes to you. That should be the, the kind of litmus test for your offer. Um, and then you you provide a full screen over, overlay with an email opt-in and you ask a question, uh, you know, something like, would you like 15% off your first order with us? Yes or no. Give them the ability to press yes or no. If they press yes, say, great, fantastic. Um, here, enter your email here and we'll, we'll release your code or activate your code right away. And then using language that, that, that kind of, indicates immediacy that they're going to be receiving that code right away is super powerful. So um, I usually put, when I build these, these full screen overlays, I have language that indicates immediacy, like activate your code or uh, display my code, those, that type of language. And then I'll usually put some type of a countdown timer, uh, maybe three minutes, two minutes sort of thing that counts down. It can be artificial, but every time I've tested non-countdown timer versus countdown timer, it's always performed better with the countdown timer. So for desktop, that's typically the way that I'd uh, way that I approach it. Uh, I have a little template called called the perfect the perfect pop up, which uh, breaks down different elements and uh, how I use that. Um, and then on on mobile, uh, on mobile, it's going to be a similar. You can ask the same sort of questions, but then obviously you got to build it in a different medium where it's going to be either timed or actually just Uno, uh, which is a, which is the pop-up uh, mobile overlays, uh, the overlay service that I, I recommend and I use personally for my e-commerce business. 
Uh, they just actually created technology that allows you to provide a, a mobile overlay on exit, meaning when somebody presses the back button on their phone, it'll actually pop up. So, because typically I fire all my uh, my overlays uh, during using exit pop-ups. Very cool. And so what you're saying is you have to make that offer compelling. So like the, yep. the join, you're saying the join our newsletter, that's that's likely not going to work? <laughs> no, 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 exactly. <laughs> no. That's what we typically see, the join our newsletter. That's so compelling. Join yeah. us. Yeah, join, join us. us. For amazing discounts and incredible newsletter updates. Do you want more emails? Enter yes. your email here. Yeah. Um, now, uh, you know, one of the things I think uh, someone needs to maybe consider, I, I fully agree, like that we, you know, we use pop-ups on our site and, and, and other things you do need to consider like with Google, you know, Google's kind of cracked down on some of the interstitial ads. So, so you kind of have to weigh some of the, the benefits there, but are you, are you seeing much of an impact with that? Um, and that impacting anybody's rankings? Are you hearing anything from customers that use the full page overlays? So no, I have not. And, and partly is if you go and you read through the fine print with these uh, these overlays or Google's fine print, especially in regards to mobile overlays, they're not targeting uh, they're not targeting the mobile overlay that comes up and gives away a ten percent off discount. What they're targeting are the redirecting of a page that that apps have been doing or that not apps have been doing, that websites have been doing, where they kind of take over your phone and redirect you to a different page. Yep, yep. That's, that's really where it's, it's damaging to, um, to your SEO ranking. But providing a easily exited uh, mobile overlay, and typically I, what I tell people is, if you're going to create one, always use a yes or no type option for mobile. So if it comes up and says, hey, would you like... Uh, a 10% off coupon, or would you like to, a chance to win $100 worth of our product? You should always have the first thing, either a big yes or no button that is the size of their thumb. So it's extremely easy to exit out of. Yeah, and we're seeing the same thing. We're not seeing any negative impact for the, yeah. for, for the, the type of pop-ups and interstitials that you're talking about. Uh, just, yeah, no no real negative impact there. Um, one of the things that kind of seems to be like the flavor of the day, and, and it may be kind of a fad, maybe who knows when it'll be on its way out, but... You know, I'm part of Ezra's mastermind group and talk to tons of e-commerce store owners, obviously, because of what I do. But the, the spinning wheel, like spinning spin wheel. the wheel, you had to get a prize <laughs> yes. or whatever, that seems to be working really well right now, right? Are you, are you seeing the same thing? Yes, it does. It is working really well right now. Um, that's, it's, like you said, it's, it's whether it's, a, whether you want to call it a hack or the flavor of the day, that is a, it's new technology. It allows people to, you want to explain kind of how that works? It's, it's hard, yeah, a little bit well, hard without a visual, but kind of explain it if you don't mind. It's kind of like, a so what'll happen is you go on someone's website and you, if you browse it all, looking at competitors, different websites, you might've seen this, but it pops up and it'll have kind of a wheel of fortune type wheel with different options that say like spin to win, 15% off, uh, buy one, get one, the different offers that you're providing. It'll say, enter your email and press this button for a spin to win. And It'll spin around and land on a certain offer and deliver that to your interested, you know, visitor. And that, that is working really well right now. As far as uh, a, a quick hack to be able to boost your, uh, your opt-in rate, using that with a compelling offer is, is working quite well right now. Yeah, there's, there's that, you know, then that way marketers and, and entrepreneurs feel okay maybe occasionally offering a bigger discount if they know they're not going to always have to offer a big discount. And yep. some people just want to know, like it's the scratch off thing, you know, it's, or it's similar concept that people want it's to know what kind of, yeah, it's gamification. Absolutely. So pretty cool stuff. Um, great. So, okay. We talked about how to get more opt-ins. What are some of the other metrics then that you're measuring to turn those visitors into loyal customers? So there's a couple of other metrics I look at. One, one big one is the number of, uh, repeat customers. So I look at what percentage of, of my customers have made a second purchase. Uh, and that that's when you're asking the question, how do you turn interested visitors into loyal customers? You know, first I'm focusing on getting a lot of email opt-ins because then I can follow up with people post-purchase once they've made their first purchase and follow up with them 
in a medium that's not pay-per-click. You know, it's, it's email where I can send a thousand emails or 500 emails. It's about the same price for me. So then my next metric I'm looking at is, uh, repeat customers. So I want to, I want to follow that metric and, and focus on getting the people who have made one-time purchases, following up with them to make sure that they are fully incentivized to make a second purchase. So there's typically a window that I look at uh, in your business. So when I talk about lifecycle marketing, you're going to have a different window for your business, but there was a window where somebody will typically make their second purchase, right? If they're, if they're going to make a second purchase, they'll typically make it within a certain window. Maybe it's 30 days, maybe it's 45 days. Obviously, if you're selling uh, desk chairs or refrigerators, that's going to be a much longer window than if you're selling replenishables or vitamins. But there's that window that people will typically make that second purchase in. So what I typically will look at is if they pass my the life cycle for my business, if, it, if that's 30 days, then I'm going to start following up with them and, and doing it in a way where I might start providing incentives like discounts or coupons to try to get them to make that second purchase when they've passed the time timeline when they typically would make them on their own without a discount. So someone purchases now, your typical window is a maybe 30 days to, to repeat purchase. Particular user goes 35 days or something like that. Then you trigger an email with some kind of a discount offer, reminder, something along those lines. Exactly. So it typically start with a reminder and then move on to a discount ladder type, uh, type of offer that in slowly increases the offer to them to get them to... Like I was mentioning earlier, it's to provide friction to get them not to churn or to give them incentive not to churn. And the best example is vitamins, right? If somebody comes in and they buy vitamins, and there's a 30-day supply. If they're taking those vitamins, they should be out a day 30. Yep. And, yep. and so you should know that they're going to be buying at around a certain timeline. And if they don't, you've got a high risk of them not making that second purchase. And that's the point when you're going to start looking at it and be like, well, what can I do here to bring them back? Even if I take a little bit of a discount here, uh, it's still going to be a much lower toll to pay in maybe a 10% up discount than what you would pay if they come back six months later in um, six months later through Google AdWords, yep, right? Where you're paying channel. again for that toll. Right, right. So, and then this may be getting too specific because this might be related too much to supplements and not to other businesses. But in that case, so if it's like a 30-day supply or, or if you if you understand that, hey, someone should be purchasing about every 30 days from me, would you yep. then maybe make that first reminder a little before the 30-day mark or would you make it after the 30-day mark or does it just really depend on the business? It's a great question. Uh, I, I look at it this way. I, I don't want to give away margin if right. I don't have to. Right. So I would, I would give a reminder and focus on giving a reminder before that the, they're supposed to purchase, but not actually going down the path of providing an incentive, a discount right. until pa well past, until past that time when they typically will have made their own, made the next purchase at full price. Yeah. The other, the other metric you can look at is, um, dollar per recipient. That's a great one that's tracked in, in Clavio. It's tracked right there. You, you want to see uh, the number of dollars per recipient of your, uh, of your emails. Gotcha. So if you're tracking that over time, that's going to indicate if it's continuing to increase, you're doing a better and better job with email marketing. Nice, nice. Okay. And, and any, any types of increases someone should be looking for? And I'm sure it just varies from client to client because people... Some people have never done email marketing before or whatever, but I mean, are you usually seeing some pretty substantial increases in um, a dollar per, whatever you just called that metric? <laughs> I just forgot. Dollar per recipient? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Yes, it, it varies tremendously uh, between, really comes down to this. If you're doing, if you're not doing any tr life cycle marketing or triggered emails, you you maybe just have a couple basic campaigns set up, you can expect that number to be quite low. As you start building out more sophisticated, uh, more relevant, more targeted email marketing, triggered email marketing campaigns, and you combine that with a consistent 
uh, valuable newsletter, that your number, your dollar per recipient is going to increase over time. And you could hit up, you know, a couple, a a couple dollars per recipient is where you should be targeting over time. So again, there's a lot of variables here. And what you've asked about big mistakes, Uh, one big mistake that people make is that they don't often don't clean up their list and remove people who are no longer active. You can change the dollar per recipient quite quickly if you remove a lot of inactive people. And um, so that's why you have to, it's a, the number is best to discover in your own business, figure out where you're at and then track that over time and just continually work on increasing that for your own business. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Okay, so we've got uh, increase website opt-in rate. We've got increase repeat purchase rate. What else should we be measuring? Um, so you could you could measure your abandoned cart, uh, abandoned cart program or recovery program success rate. So the number of people that come into your abandoned cart program that abandoned carts and you follow up with an email, you should be tracking that and figuring out what percentage of those people are actually converting through your abandoned cart program. Um, that's one I would take a look at. Uh, I would, I would look at when you, when people opt in, uh, what percentage of those people that opt in actually go ahead and make a purchase. It's probably going to be pretty high, uh, depending on, on the type of offer that you are, uh, you're providing, but if it's low, then you might want to rethink what you're doing there. Yeah. And one of the things that I know you, you've talked about before the, that I just love for those people that opt in. You'll often create a sequence. I've heard you call it a red carpet sequence or an indoctrination sequence. Um, what can you talk about those just briefly and 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 what that would entail? Yeah. So when somebody opts in to your your email list, they're indicating that they're interested, right? They're they're raising their hand saying, I'm interested in what you're doing. Especially if you're providing, let's there's different levels of interest. If somebody opts in for a 15% off coupon at your, at your store, they're indicating a high level of interest that they're going to make a purchase. Now, if they opt in for something totally, totally non-relevant to your, to making a purchase, maybe, you know, you're doing a giveaway for a cruise, uh, in the Bahamas and they opt in for that. They're not indicating nearly as much interest. But I'm going to talk a little bit more about what happens for the group of people that are indicating uh, interest by raising their hands and opting in for a discount or something relevant to making a purchase. For those people, I want them going into, I want them receiving the best possible information and experience through email um, over from the time that they opt in to the time they make their first purchase. So everything should be very, very targeted. It should, you should typically cover uh, build trust, provide them with some content about with indicating social reviews or, um, indicating social proof by, by, by including reviews, uh, typically like reviews by third parties as well as actual customers. You want to maybe provide a welcome email, one of them that kind of breaks down your story, indicates why you're different from your competitors. Uh, you might want to highlight your top categories, top sellers, that sort of thing. I, I call it a buy or die sequence. People get in, you're trying to immediately get them as quickly as possible to make a purchase by hitting different factors that might have, be limiting people from making that purchase. Now, if they pass again at a certain threshold, maybe you, you find out that people typically make a purchase if they opt in within five days, six days. Well, then at that point, you might want to elevate the urgency of making a purchase by providing time-sensitive discounts. Maybe you should send them a sale, uh, you know, a coupon for a 15% off sale. It's running for 48 hours, and that can be evergreen. That is uh, that goes out to each person that they receive, uh, you know, a, a secret sale for 48 hours, and uh, you can you can build that into kind of a discount letter where maybe you give 10% off, 15% off, 20% off over a four day period after these people have passed the typical threshold when they would make a purchase after opting in. Love it. Love it. It's phenomenal. Um, Two questions and answer these in any order you like. So totally up to you. Um, Who are some people, some some e-commerce companies that do 
a really great job with email marketing. These could be your clients. They could be national brands, whatever. Um, who does a really good job of email marketing? Because I'm, I'm a firm believer like to, to grow and learn and, and get better at whatever it is you want to get better at. You should watch people that are great. So maybe who are some people that um, we should sign up for their email list and just watch what they do? Um, and then any any of your favorite case studies uh, of your clients. So uh, so let let you run with either one of those you'd rather answer first. Sure. Um, so I will say I'm going to focus on on newsletter because it's actually quite difficult to opt in to somebody's triggered email sequences. Right. Right. That right. makes sense because yep. everyone's if you're doing it right, everybody's going to receive something different. Um, and especially the VIP customers, but I, I like I like the uh, the Chubby's newsletter. They do a really good job. Yep. Um, I think I think Bonobos does a pretty good job, although they they tend to be very heavy on on discounting. Um, but they have good they have good images, and I, I I look when I look at them, I see it's like I always think it doesn't have to be that complicated to be a good email. You can definitely check out. One thing that I, that I like to to look at is some of the larger retailers. Uh, they will, if you notice, like if you get on the J Crew email list, they email every single day. Wow! Uh, and and they do that because they know that that makes money, and they're, they 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 do that because they've got people telling them that have analyzed that if you continue sending emails a small percentage or a chunk of your subscribers are going to unsubscribe or downgrade their yep, subscription. Yep. But the people who are spending the most money, the power, the VIPs, the whales at J crew, they want to receive stuff every single day because they're making significant purchases on a maybe weekly basis or, um, you know, biweekly basis. And so I, I just look at those as a, as kind of a benchmark because I, you, you can realize that you can send a lot of emails as long as you're continuing to target the best, your most engaged customers. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that's, I could see you making that trade off today. I may lose some subscribers, but I'm making a lot more money. And so I'm, I'm going to make that decision. Everybody's got to weigh that for themselves. But uh, another company that, that I find myself really engaging with their emails from time to time is Huckberry. I don't know if you pay attention to them, yeah. but I've opened a few of their emails and thought, oh, I'm just going to get rid of the, you know, just uh, archive this and then, and then something will grab my eye, you know, an awesome pair of shoes or, or, or jacket or something. And it'll kind of have me hooked and I'll read the copy and, uh, and get into it a little bit. So there, there's a great, um, to Huck, Huckberry does a great job. It's a digest type email where they give content products, that sort of thing. Uh, what I always recommend for people to do is go to reallygoodemails.com If you're looking for inspiration, that, that's where I typically will go look for inspiration with emails. Uh, they've just kind of categorized thousands and thousands of quality emails and you can sort by the type of email you want to send and find that is awesome. examples. I never, I never knew about that site. That's so cool. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's really incredible. Um, and that, that's where I typically, if I'm going to go write a new email, I don't start from scratch. I will go to really good emails I'll search for the category of email that I want to send out and I'll look for a couple and I'll, I'll typically download them and keep them in a little swipe file. And when I'm writing an email or I'm creating a new one, I will open it up and look at what they did and create my own version based on one that, that I liked. Very cool. Very cool. I love it. I love it. Um, that's awesome. So a, a couple of things, well, any, any favorite case studies and we're kind of running out of time, so we'll have to keep it brief. Yeah, so, but. I mean, what, one of them that my, my, I think my all time favorite was the generating almost between 20 and 40 K a month through abandoned carts. That was an interesting, exciting one for, for me. The one I'm most excited about right now is I took over as, um, uh, as CMO of, uh, boom, boom energy. It's a, it's a, uh, all natural energizing nasal inhaler. And it kind of like what our thing is you kind of, you breathe it in, your mood increase. It's, it's, it's a really cool product. It's totally unique. And we've got some really raving fans. Yeah. But and I've used the, over, I've used the product. I was a little skeptical, yeah. but I, I trust you. <laughs> I trust you. So he was. <laughs> I used it and, and I love it. My kids love it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. So the one I'm most excited about right now is I mentioned deliverability purgatory. Uh, when I started working with them, they were deep. They, they bought a list. 
and they were deep in deliverability purgatory. I think the first email blast that went out a couple of days after I started, we got a 2.8% open rate. Oh no. Uh, and so over the last three months, we've been cleaning the list, working on it, and we're back up to, we had a 28% open rate uh, after three months of work. That And that was a high, I think on average, we're back up to around 17, 18%. Still uh, a phenomenal improvement. Yeah. And that was, it's just doing, doing the hard work of cleaning the list, uh, identifying people who are non-active and removing them from our, from our list and then continuing to send and building more triggered emails because your triggered emails are always going to have, are typically going to have a higher opt-in rate. We have a lot more of those going out uh, and those are indicating that we're not a spammer. So um, that's, that's been a big win. Um, there's, there's different ones I could talk about, but that's, that's what I'm most excited about right now. So cool. Yeah. Lot, lots of good, several good case studies highlighted there. I like it a lot. Uh, we'll talk about favorite tools. You mentioned Clavio, so you can talk a little yeah. more about that if you'd like. Uh, but other other tools, resources, what should people check out? So a couple of my favorite tools, if you're talking just email marketing, I, I can talk also about e-commerce tools. But email marketing, I use Clavio for my email service provider. Uh, that's the most powerful, most relevant one, especially if you're on Shopify right now. So I use Clavio um, for for opt-ins and for providing, you know, overlays, I, I use Just Uno. Uh, the reason I like Just Uno is they provide incredible amounts of customization. So you can you can build different uh, custom screens that match your brand. And where their customization is really really deep is in the targeting and segmentation. So I can display different overlays for people who are coming from different Facebook campaigns that I run. So I've got people and also from different emails. So for me, I, I, one of the things that I do is for people coming from Facebook, I have an, a little overlay kind of like a, as you can, an Uno bar is like a drop down bar up top that displays the coupon code that they clicked on an ad on Facebook for. So they clicked on an ad on Facebook that said 20% off. When they get there, they're greeted with a with a drop down little menu, that, um, a bar that says, "Here's your coupon code," and it follows them around till they make a purchase. I do the same thing uh, from email. So when they come directly from an email, they don't have to go and copy the code from their email. When they get there, it pops up their specific code, and Brilliant they idea. they allow for. It's just a, it's a great tool. You can separate out desktop versus mobile overlays, run different ones, um, and they've got really great tracking. And you can run actually legit A/B tests. And uh, I've found that I've been able to boost my opt-in rates to the highest levels using them. Great. But there's other there's other ones out there as well. They're just typically not as customizable. So great ways to reduce friction, you know, by making that coupon code available, yeah. making the message really targeted. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Any other tools or resources? Yep. Uh, one thing I'm loving right now is stamped.io. Um, yeah. I, I hate Yatpo. Uh, really, Yatpo is, <laughs> it's so expensive for what it does. I know. That's crazy. I, I met those guys early on, like when they were first getting started, met them yep. at, a, at an event. And I started recommending it to everybody because it was so cheap. And then, yep. and then they literally like raised their prices like 5X or something crazy. Yes, yeah. it, it is crazy. So I, I was looking for a, um, an alternative found stamp.io. That's fan, it's fantastic. It provides all the, most of the options that Yapo does. Plus you can actually create net promoter scores, um, create net promoter score survey. It actually connects with Clavio uh, has an integration. So when people write positive reviews, I have them logged in my store and there's a note in Clavio on them. So I can search all the people who have made negative reviews and positive reviews in Clavio, then email those people, which is super cool. Uh, and it's also, it's like $60 a month or $45 a month, about one tenth or one twentieth the cost of Yapo when you're getting a lot, getting a lot more. It's so funny. I went from only kind of hearing about it to having like five or six people recommend it the same <laughs> week to me. Everybody's talking about it right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else has been interesting? FOMO. 
that's an interesting app that just in, have installed. It basically, if, if you're a retailer and you've got, create social proof on your site in real time. Um, so it'll pop, you've probably seen if you've been shopping, a little white bar pops up and says, somebody in Missouri just yeah. bought. Yeah, um, social proof FOMO. there, yeah. Yep, yep. That's great. And, and I will link to all these resources in the show notes. So if anybody's uh, driving and listening, uh, ecommerceevolution.com, I'll have a link to all these, these resources. So um, good. Any, anything else, any, any other resources? Or, or if you would, I'd love for you to talk about a little bit about, about what you and Drew Sanaki are doing uh, with yeah. your, your brand growth experts. So yeah talk, yeah, talk about that a little bit if you would. So Pretty excited. We just had our, uh, we, we just hosted a intensive workshop in San Diego back in March, which is the last time I saw you, uh, where we brought in 15 e-commerce business owners. Typically, most of them were in the range of doing high six figures to low eight figures who were using Klaviyo, uh, had built out some email marketing systems, uh, but knew there was, they were leaving a lot on the table. And we brought in a very small group for a two-day really intensive workshop where we were working one-on-one with people. We did a bunch of auditing beforehand. So we understood, you know, all the stuff I was talking about in this episode where I was saying, you know, how long somebody typically takes to make their second and third purchase. We ran a bunch of transactional data and, and, and analysis. So we knew all that information. And then over a two day period, we built out all these triggered email lifecycle marketing sequences during those two days. So people could leave, um, with their lifecycle marketing stack built out in Clavio. And, you know, I kind of say it's taking, if you're using 20% of Clavio, which most people are, we're going to 80% over a two day period. Uh, and we're hosting these, we host these things every three months. And, uh, if you're, you know, if you're listening and you're like, this sounds like some cool stuff, I'm not doing that. You can come in. We, we work with you over two days and build the stuff out, look over your shoulder and make sure by the time you leave, you got it all built and uh, went really well. That's phenomenal. How, how can people find out more about that? So the best way would be to go to brandgrowthexperts.com uh, slash intensive. And that's where we got a little page that talks about our next event. We're going to host the next one in Austin, Texas, uh, late June, mid-July. We're still finalizing the dates there. But uh, if you're interested, you can head over there and, and, um, and check it out. Sweet. Also check out e-commerce influence podcast. One of my favorite podcasts. And I hear rumors. I hear rumors that you're about to fire that thing up again. Yeah. For several new episodes about to be released. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's crazy. I think I recorded 110 episodes or 115 episodes and it took a little bit of a break. Uh, but I mean, Brett, you've been on, you've been on twice. I think or, just once, maybe. Okay. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to make it, we'll feeling, have to make a little, it twice. feeling a little chipped, honestly, now that you <laughs> mentioned it. <laughs> we'll have to make it twice. Have to get you on there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're starting back up and recorded a bunch of great episodes. And we're going to be talking advanced um, acquisition and, re- and retention strategies. So that's um, we're keeping it keeping it kind of higher level stuff like we're talking about today and talking about what's working. So if you're Excited. interested, you can check it out, e-commerce influence podcast. Excited about it. Going to be good. So Austin, it's been phenomenal, man. This has been so good. Uh, I know we, we covered a lot, man. I, I even feel like I've I learned a lot and I've heard this stuff before. <laughs> I but, hope it was a uh, rambling. <laughs> no, no, it's really good. And so we'll have to do this again and and maybe dive deeper in a couple of different topics. So uh, with that, we want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, love to hear more of what you uh, would like us to cover on the show. As always, would love that positive feedback uh, in iTunes. Uh, that really helps us get discovered by other folks. And so uh, with that, thank you to everyone who listened and, and thank you, Austin. It's been a ton of fun. Brett, thanks, man. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. All right, man. Talk soon. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, 
or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on resources and guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.